This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From the Willow Window Broadcast Center. Willow Window. Making your home beautiful again with replacement windows, doors, and decks. Online at willowwindow.pro. Now live from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Uh, I just want to let Brian know I appreciate him coming over here and fixing the, uh, the headphones and the sound. And uh, Ronnie Martin's here, and uh, Ronnie's over here messing with I'm it. So, <laughs> Brian, if everything goes wrong this morning, it's Ronnie's fault. It's not mine. Thanks for looking out for me, Chairman. Yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate it. that. <laughs> How is everything going? First of all, let's, let's go to the bank. Let's, yeah. let, let's go to the Pinnacle Bank. Sure. How is everything proceeding as far as when we are going to be able to get back inside the new building? Yeah, um, I think, you know, Pinnacle, like many other companies, has taken a very proactive approach to uh, kind of protect our employees and make sure we've got a safe working environment. I don't want them protecting me. Leave me alone <laughs> when I go in there. Um, but, you know, we, we've got to make sure that employees, you know, stay healthy and don't, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, the risk of contamination does not spread within the bank. and. You know, also as a a business that's critical to the daily normal operation of our economy, we can't mm-hmm. we can't just shut down. You know, folks need to be able to get in the bank and get access to their money. So, you know, honestly, Truman, I think um, my my hope is um, by um, late summer or in the fall, we'll be in a place where things will be better. I know that sounds like a long time from now. It is a long time. Um, but as we continue to roll out vaccinations and have an opportunity to look backward and see what infection rates do, and you know those things, I think have stalled and have come down. But we've got to make sure. Do we, I hear somebody screaming in the background? <laughs> this is driving me crazy. We got to protect people and and stay open and be smart. And uh, nobody, are we in a war zone around here? Uh, n- nobody likes that, but uh, we we just want to be smart. And be I safe. don't want to jump in the foxhole. To be perfectly <laughs> I, honest, I understand. With you. I totally understand. Um, it's like driving across town, right? Yeah, or, or yeah, and, and and you guys are doing such a great job in making people safe on the roadway here in the city. You know, you're a city councilman because uh, uh, there's no way that you can hurt anything driving five miles an hour, <laughs> driving all the way from one end of the city to the other. Well, you know, you will be happy to know that uh, in the the recent conversations we have had in the past three, four, five months. Mm-hmm. Most of that has been on infrastructure improvements, road improvements, um, what we're trying to do to make up for um, some some lack of uh, infrastructure projects that we've mm-hmm. done over the past three, four, five years. And, you know, like anything, there's never a shortage of things that require uh, tending to or uh, financial resources. And so we're trying to play some catch up, and people feel that, uh, you know, slowly as they drive from one end of the city to another. But uh, um, I'm hoping that. Uh, do you still have the the cameras on the red li- on the we lights? We do. We do. Um, do you take in consideration that sometimes, with all that slow process of driving from one end to the other, that you have to make up some time? Yeah. And every once in a while, the the light. The light just doesn't turn and and uh, give you some time to get through. It just turns uh, directly. It, when it hits that little orange part, 
On your that, car I mean, I mean, you, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, I can blink and it's gone. You know, I, it's funny. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of those red light cameras um, because I'm just not crazy about the idea of getting a, a computer-generated ticket. And, yeah. you know, the, there is certainly someone that reviews those. And we've got policies in place that, you know, try to mitigate the fairness aspect of that and to make mm-hmm. sure it's legal and et cetera. But... There's just something that doesn't feel very good about, you know, uh, driving through an intersection and then getting mailed a, a ticket to me that does not fit great with my constitution. But, you know, I could also not drive through the intersection. Uh, so that would be the first step to avoiding that. But uh, so, so how are you going to not drive through the intersection? Are you going to go somewhere else? I mean, it seems like it's at wreck. the wrong time, at the inappropriate time. You know, I remember when I was at 940 New Salem Highway. I put in a request to have a light, a traffic light, put at, at the that end of the drive because yeah. we couldn't get out a lot of times. I mean, it was bumper to bumper. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to widen that, by the way. That's on the. That's going to be a four lane through there. So. So that means it just takes 20 that, that years. Means, that means, yeah, it just takes 20, 20 years. years from now. I mean, it'll it'll be better. Of course, we'll be another uh, 40, 50,000 more people in here by then. <laughs> the we the wheels of progress grind very slowly, yeah. as you well know. Uh, knowing you, you're a logical man, and and you're very bright. And you're kind. A, as you see all of those things progress in the city. Does it kind of give you heartburn every once in a while to see how things change as we grow? Because I, I've seen it uh, come from uh, people my age that grew up here. Uh, this was a very, very small city, small mm-hmm. county population-wise and everything else. And life was so much simpler back then. Yeah. And now it, it seems like that... Uh, your blood pressure goes up every time you go somewhere, get in a car or whatever. You know, it, it's you're right. Uh, it is different, feels different. And I think the longer you stay in one place, the more opportunity you have to observe those changes. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're probably more aware of the differences. So, you know, people that have moved to Murfreesboro in the past five years see less change than, you know, you or I might have if we've been yeah. here 20 or 30 or 50 years, if you will. But, you know, I, I, I do think um, uh, each individual's perspective, um, when you overlay that into our city and where we're growing, um, you know, it's easy to see for, for people to have different levels of frustration about whether it be, you know, how our city has grown or our, our schools or our airport or yeah. our roads or, our, you know, whatever, all those things. But the, the thing that I think that you have to keep in mind and try to balance to make it a fair conversation is you know what opportunities has all of that brought and so you know there was a time where and i can remember you probably do too if you were going um thinking as a as a young man or even when i was in college if you were going shopping and you wanted a pair of tennis shoes or you wanted you know clothes uh, a lot of us most of us probably went to hickory hollow to do some of that you know i went to ag's okay well then you were buying sweatshirts and gym shorts. But, yeah. uh, you know, you couldn't buy jeans at AG's, I don't think, or uh, a nice jacket, per se. Maybe why you could have bought a jacket. Why would I want to wear jeans? I'm just saying, yeah, something different than sports-related stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to dress uh, as comfortable as I can get. I understand. Yeah. And, and uh, it's it's... Maybe maybe it's getting older makes you that way. Well, you wore a uniform, too, though, so that's a little different. You were probably in uniform a lot. I was yeah. uh, during the 70s and and um, even up into the I guess the 80s, I, I wore a uniform and and but our uniforms were pretty comfortable. They yeah. really were. And uh, I'm one of these people. I remember most everything was cotton back in those days. Yeah, cotton is the most comfortable thing that you can put on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it uh, anything that's well, you look comfortable this morning. I'll try to dress comfortable. I, di- I didn't know that uh, Bill would let you go around w- without a tie on. You know, uh, that's a great point. It, it's uh, banking, I think, has become, uh, it's been a little more acceptable to be a little more what we would call 
business casual or you know um, outside of the suits if you will that sort mm-hmm. of thing that's good we we still do that uh, when appropriate you know we try to make a good decision about I'll, I'll wear a suit um, if I'm going to a business where I feel like they may expect me to be in a suit then mm-hmm. you know I do that um, Fridays I'm generally more casual um, because most people are more casual on Friday but you know, I, I like, I'm happy wearing uh, a jacket and khakis, uh, you know, pants on a daily basis. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not as fond of the tie as I get older, um, but I still do that when it's appropriate and when we've got a, uh, a new meeting or, you know, first impressions matter. I think mm-hmm. that's the other thing that uh, I love to be casual as well. If you, uh, well, as if you see me on the weekends, I'm, I'm very casual, uh, but you know, I think it's also very important. Uh, we talk about first impressions that you make on people, and um, you know, it matters how you look, how you take care of yourself, and how you present yourself. So, I think I saw you walking one day from your home, and and you're walking toward downtown. You may have been um, going over to the bank, mm-hmm. but you had sandals on, no socks. <laughs> uh, 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 I don't uh, even own a pair of sandals. <laughs> you don't? No, sir. Mm-mm. I may have been barefooted, but I mean, I would not well, have had sandals I, I, I'm, on. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I mean, I really am. Yeah. So I, 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 I um, maybe mistook somebody else. Yeah, for, no, for I do you. walk though, because uh, uh, we are uh, we live at the corner of Lytle and Manny, and it's a pretty uh, place too. Well, it's uh, I got a little. You would be shocked at this, but. Uh, uh, I shut Lytle Street down last week um, because I had a crane parked in front of my house setting a pool uh, in my backyard. We're putting a pool in, and they literally had to take the swimming pool up and over my house and drop it in the backyard because of power lines everywhere. There was no other way to get it in. So I took a lot of flack saying the council member thought he could shut down Lytle Street. You know. So it's not an in-ground? It is. Uh, How in the world did you drop it in there? Yeah, so they they excavate the hole, and it's a plastic, not plastic, fiberglass Mm -hmm. uh, molded pool. Yeah, those are nice. And they just literally, I've got pictures of it, they they took the whole pool over my house with a crane Mm -hmm. and then dropped it in the hole. So So when are you going to have your first swimming party? Um, it'll probably be a month because those uh, fiberglass pools, um, if you think about the way anything works, uh, especially with weight to it, mm-hmm. um, they have to put some water in it, uh, surround the pool with uh, some material uh, to kind of level it, and then put some more water in it and kind of let it settle and put some more stuff. So there's a process to that because if you don't do it that way, um, imagine... 30,000 gallons of water, how heavy that's going to be and that it will cause the ground to settle and sink a little. So it'll take a few weeks to install it. And uh, so it's uh, literally a disaster zone back there today. Uh, I'm I'm sure all my neighbors are excited about that, but uh, we'll get it cleaned up and uh, I'll try not to shut down the street again. You'll have a lot more friends with a swimming pool. Yeah. um, Yeah. You you tend to do that. And, you know, when our, and this is, you know, could be a segue into some of the downtown discussion that we could have related to development and growth and all those sorts of things that we were talking about earlier. You know, there's not a lot of place, uh, especially with our home, there's not a lot of room to park a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And essentially, we're using our whole backyard to put a swimming pool. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we've got a couple of parking spaces that have been carved out in front of our home, sort of to the side. But if we have guests, you'll park on the side of the street to come to our house. I mean, there's not a parking lot to park in, and we don't have garages or, you know, a long driveway. And that's what the downtown, you know, that kind of urban downtown core, that's that's what it's designed to be. It's, it's not designed to have lots of parking. It's designed for people to be... You're talking about me walking to work. I, I do that. Uh, I did not this morning because, of course, we were, I was coming here, but... Um, every day this week I've walked to work and um, I love walking to work if you don't I think it's hard for people to understand that have not lived in a place where you have walkability as an option mm-hmm. and of course you know some people can't there are some folks that physically can't do that but for those that can that's a unique lifestyle in and of itself yeah. that you know it's uh, it feels good to be uh, in your community and a part of your community and um, a lot of people think, well, <clears throat> I don't want to walk. Yeah, you know, I, I could pick on the younger generation, my children or whatever. You know, they don't want to walk from point A to point B in some cases. They'd yeah. rather, you know, take a car. 
But if you think about the time it takes to get into a vehicle um, and then drive and then get out of a vehicle, I can walk to work uh, within a minute or two of what it could take me to drive to work. Yeah. And uh, would much prefer to do that. So. Now, do you think we're uh, close to a time when there will be no cars around the square and, and <clears throat> make it a, a kind of like a, a special town? Yeah. And uh, I... I I wish we had um, uh, places that you could go downtown, I, even though I don't live in that area. Right. But it would be pretty special if almost everything that you needed was within walking distance. Uh, of course, you, you, you do have pretty much where you live mm -hmm. uh, that almost anything you need would be right there. And you don't have to use all that pressure as far as... Uh, um, putting up with the traffic and all those type things. Downtown Murfreesboro could really, really be special. You know, I, I think uh, I think you're right. Uh, I think part of what uh, you were talking about traffic earlier and, you know, we were sort of making the case or I was making the case of, you know, that's sort of relative to your perspective on mm -hmm. how much things have changed while you have stayed idle, right? Yeah. You, you have an opportunity to see a a five-year period of time or a 50-year period of time, and you can see a lot of difference depending on those frames. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that um, our downtown, um, like like a lot of downtowns, for example, has enormous potential because it has this mix of residential rooftops where people live, mm -hmm. you know, restaurants where people can eat, retail where people can shop, businesses where people can work. And, you know, I, I'm one example of that in the sense that, you know, I live and work and do most of what I do within about probably five square blocks. Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that is a lifestyle that if people can wrap their brains around being uh, a part of a community um, that, you know, because I know a lot of people that would never live downtown. You know, you, you live further out. People want space and they want acreage and they don't want anybody close to them. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoy living downtown and uh, the amenities that are provided there are, are really attractive. But what we have to understand is for that to be successful, you have to have enough people in a certain dense concentration mm -hmm. to support the commercial businesses that want to thrive and exist. And so, um, you know, you, you talked about having less cars downtown when we get to a place where we do that. Well, I think we can do that, but what we have to have is more people. And if you've got limited land mass with which to put more people, how do you get more people downtown? Well, the way you do that is you stack them on top of each other, right? So yeah. you go up. Now, for some people, as we were talking about this perception of change, you know, they will say, well, you know, probably the tallest building in our downtown is the uh, the old, uh, I guess it's First City Bank building. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm sure words were used to say that's out of character, doesn't fit, doesn't belong, whatever. I would say uh, that was very progressive, and it was the model of that we should probably be looking at mm -hmm. that if we want uh, a thriving downtown, we have to have people downtown. And we're not going to be able to build four-lane highways through the middle of downtown. So yeah. how do you make that work? And I think the way you make it work is walkable communities. And our downtown is the best example we have of that right now. The avenue um, is, um, is probably, in my opinion, the next closest example where you've got some apartments and some restaurants and some shopping. But it, even it is not dense enough um, from the standpoint that we need more people out there to make that really work. And we need it closer together because people, you know, I don't, I don't mind walking a half mile to go somewhere. I might not even mind walking a mile one way uh, mm -hmm. to go there and back. But at some point, people say that's too far. And so what, what changes that perception is if I can go three blocks and have dinner or I can walk four blocks and, and you know, go to work, mm -hmm. I don't need a vehicle. And so it takes more cars off of the road. And so... I think we're going to have to go through this change of culture and perception uh, to really embrace that. And we're going to have to understand that we can't have three- and four-story buildings dominating our, our cityscape and accomplish that. We're going to have to have 
six-story, eight-story, and ten-story buildings so that we have the density in the downtown core to support the commercial businesses that are there. And until we can wrap our brain around that and find people to invest in those concepts and, and get people within the downtown community to accept that evolution, it's going to be a struggle. So what you're telling me is you're going back to the bank after we get through <laughs> and tell Bill Jones, now listen, yes, we sir. don't need a one-story or a two-story. We need to go up to 10, 20 stories and and maybe share the business yeah. or the building w w with a number of businesses. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go tell Bill Jones anything. So I, I think Bill knows uh, that, uh, you know, the uh, we all have limits of what we can do and of course, Pinnacle has invested tremendously in our downtown. That that Miller-Lowry building is a, a five-story. It's a four-four high, and it has a basement. <clears throat> but, you know, you think about even if we didn't go above four stories, um, what could we do in terms of adding housing stock to the downtown area if you only went four stories? There are a lot of one- or two-story buildings there uh, that could be repurposed uh, to have, you know, condos, uh, I would prefer to have condominiums uh, and ownership of those housing units rather than mm -hmm. apartments. Um, there's there's some discussion of doing some apartments downtown. I'm not opposed to that per se um, because I think the density would help all of the commercial businesses, which I think is important. But if I had my choice, I would much rather have people who want to own and buy and live rather than rent because in a lot of cases, not all, but those renters are somewhat transient in the sense that, you know, it's a revolving door, so to speak. People mm -hmm. come in and then they go and they come and go. Um, but, you know, every community is different. I mean, you know, we, we are a college town. MTSU is a big part of who we are and our identity as, as a city. And because of that, um, you know, we're going to have people come and go in our city because that's what, that's what young people do. It's what college students do. They get an education and then they... Go make a living. And so we'll always be, I think, a somewhat transient city um, while we have a, such a strong partnership with MTSU. But, you know, I, like anything, I think you take advantage of the opportunities you have and you use those things as, as positive uh, opportunities to grow and, and not negative. You know, uh, I think most of us feel like that we've got the best of all worlds right now in Mercerburg, Merlin, yep. and uh Everything is um, pretty, pretty much a way that people are still coming in here. They want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Now, what worries me is when do we get to the point where m I think most people agree major cities are a disaster. <laughs> they really are. Right. And um, all the negative things, the that can happen to a city happens as you get larger. Right. How do we keep ourselves from getting into that particular situation where um, a lot of people, they ride the subways and all the other uh, transit-type situations that uh, you have to have in a major city? Uh, how do we control that type of traffic as um, the city will continue to grow because I know that you almost, even at this point, you have to look at, at how are we going to um, be able to have all of those different types of ways of traveling to keep the, the cars off of the road because I know down, down in, in the southern part, except for Atlanta, there's another disaster right there <laughs> when you get right down to it. It, it, it. It's not pleasant to be in those cities during travel time. Right. It's, it's just, uh, to me, it's a disaster. You know, I think, Truman, the best two things, two thoughts come to mind. The best thing that I can say is, um, you know, Looking backwards, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. If mm -hmm. if you if we knew exactly what Murfreesboro was going to look like fifty years from now, I'm convinced that you and I and a handful of other people could say, here's exactly what we need to do to make sure it functions as well as it can function fifty years from now. 
Well, the reality is we don't have that foresight. We just don't know. And so um, I would tell you that uh, anything less than saying we just sort of manage um, the, the growth as best we can mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to be critical, if I, if I were to put a critical comment to it, it would be you're, you're managing the mess, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, I don't mean for that to sound negative, but that's the way a lot of people would feel of, hey, traffic is bad, this issue is a problem, whatever else. So, you know, we, we do the best we can without having foresight about exactly where we're going. We try to be mindful of where we have been and say, let's at least don't make those same mistakes. You know, let's at least learn from what, we, what we've been through. But um, I think part of that goes back to, um, again, we're growing as a community. Um, we're, we're growing in understanding of what our city is going to look like and, and what sort of community we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Murfreesboro is no longer the 50 or 60,000 person city where, you know, you knew one or two or three generations probably knew somebody that knew everybody yeah. you know, in town. Um, uh, you, you know that a lot of what we do professionally, myself and Jan and Tyler and Dan and Misty, our, our team and Pinnacle Bank, you know, we, there's a lot of growth in this city. And so we do a lot of real estate, you know, related lending. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to builders that I work with and, and hear where people are moving here from, you know, they're not from Las Casas and Christiana and, you know, uh, Milton moving to the city. They're from California and New York and Pittsburgh and, you know, those places. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we are becoming um, uh, a more richly diverse community than we've we've been in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think part of what we have to understand is what what do we need to look like from an infrastructure standpoint? What housing stock do we need to have to respond? Mm -hmm. Uh, What infrastructure challenges are we going to have, not just streets and roads, but... um, uh, sewer capacity, water capacity, um, you know, uh, electricity, gas. How do we do all those things? And and as these um, new people come, uh, what are their expectations of the community? What kind of schools do they want? What sort of recreation amenities do they want? What is their expectation out of policing and fire? Um, we have to look at that all comprehensively. And so, what I I think where I uh, fall on that is I think we need, and, and this has been a very heated topic of debate at mm-hmm. the city council, uh, and people have different opinions. And um, I think people believe that we have some of the infrastructure challenges that we have because we have put too many houses in a small place, mm-hmm. for example. Um, we've, If we had a third of the houses in this section of the city, it wouldn't be as bad. Well, I can't say that that's wrong, right? Because there's some, there's some simple logic to that, that mm-hmm. just from a mathematical standpoint, sure, that makes sense. What I would tell you is I think we didn't plan well enough to understand the infrastructure needs we were going to have based on the number of units we put. So Mm -hmm. to me, I don't ever look at the limiting factor as we can only put so many housing units here. I look at what infrastructure is necessary to support the housing that we need. I think Mm -hmm. that's the right question or the right problem to be solving because, you know, um, we have, we do not have enough housing stock in Murfreesboro, Tennessee right now. People cannot afford a home uh, because prices have escalated so quickly. Yeah. Part of the reason prices have escalated so quickly is there's not enough housing stock. So how do we get more housing? Well, you have to get more housing through planning. You have to get, um, you have to be able to get more dense development, right, which seems counterintuitive. How are you going to put more people on a, on a square block of land or on an acre of land and have less traffic? Well, to the point we were talking about earlier, as we turn towards in my mind, as we turn away from urban sprawl, uh, meaning let's continue to push out and develop mm-hmm. every farm we have and slice it up into what we think are manageable, reasonable uh, slices of lots, uh, how about we pull some of that traffic into the downtown? What about a, uh, a high-rise condo downtown where uh, all the businesses that want 
customers that need customers in downtown Murfreesboro to protect the vibrant uh, downtown that we have, why not <clears throat> put a 10-story unit there that can support, you know, 200 or 250 households and knowing that if people have one to two to three blocks that they can walk and do most of what they will do, that they won't have a car. If they do, they'll only get it when they absolutely need it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I, I think... Uh, you know, changing the way we see our community developing is very important. I don't think there is a model uh, based on the things I have read that if we continue to spread out, push further out in the county, stretch our rolling services, whether it be police, fire, um, uh, solid waste, Mm -hmm. we continue to push it out from the core. It just gets more and more expensive to cover that larger area of service rather than populating and making the, what we have more dense and planning appropriately for it. So, you know, <clears throat> I would be in favor of density. I think we need more density and not less. Um, others on the council would argue totally opposite of that, uh, but that's why we have more than one person on the council. We, we're going to take a quick break, Ronnie, and uh, I've got to go see if I can find something for my ulcer. We'll be right back <laughs> in just a second. From NAC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. French's Shoes and Boots has the hottest brands and unbeatable deals that you won't find anywhere else. But this stuff is going fast and these deals can't last. Everyone wants the wildly popular Hey Dude shoes and French's has them back in stock. Check out the latest styles for men, women and kids. Hurry and get to French's here in the borough while the getting is good. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro, offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Enjoy gentle joint exercise in the indoor pool, our soda shop, and many planned activities and trips for every taste. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Discount Mattress is on the move, and great news for you. To reduce moving costs, all remaining inventory is being liquidated. Stop in today at 1614 Northwest Broad Street near the Georgetown Kroger to take advantage of the huge price reductions on their already discounted prices. Discount Mattress has been serving Murfreesboro's mattress needs since 2001, is locally owned and operated, and excited to offer these reduced prices prior to their move. Don't wait. Stop by today discount mattress at the corner of northwest broad and northfield here at bud's tire we make buying michelin tires simpler i'm allison mitchell with bud's tire pros we offer a straightforward approach to service including nationwide warranties with every purchase stop in today to see our full lineup of michelin and bf goodrich tires for whatever you drive michelin and bf goodrich have a tire to fit any need bud's tire pros hassle-free guaranteed we're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Rutherford County fire officials investigating whether somebody intentionally set a home on fire overnight. Firefighters called the Newman Road near Windrow Road around 6 o'clock. Nobody injured in the blaze. Arson investigators trying to determine the cause of the fire. Most school districts across Middle Tennessee started vaccinating staff in February, and many are just days away from administering second doses. Rutherford County schools estimate 35% have been vaccinated, and another 5% have appointments already scheduled. March 5th, Wilson County Schools gave 1,300 staff members their first shots at Lebanon High School. Wilson County Schools will give employees their second dose on March 26th. A Tennessee House panel has rejected a push to remove a judge for expanding absentee voting in 2020 in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. On a voice vote, the House Civil Justice Subcommittee sided with prominent attorneys who said removing Davidson County Chancellor Ellen Hobbs-Lyle would be an unprecedented breach of judicial independence. 
And this Saturday, St. Mark's United Methodist Church on North Rutherford Boulevard giving away emergency food boxes from 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock. Boxes will be handed out at the warehouse behind the church. Spring forward, fall back. Daylight saving time begins at 2 o'clock this Sunday morning. That means you'll need to turn your clocks forward an hour before you go to bed Saturday night. It's also a good time to change the batteries in your smoke alarms and carbon monoxide detectors. Every home should have working smoke alarms to provide an early warning. Statistics show most fatal fires occur at night, and almost every day a life is saved because of a working smoke alarm. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Quick cash could do you right. Quick cash could do you right. You could win some cash in an instant. You could win it later that night. Fun now, fun later. Add quick cash to a drawing game. Like Lotto America, Cash for Life, and even Tennessee Cash. Add quick cash to any of them, and you can win cash in the flash. Today's the day to play quick cash from the Tennessee Lottery. It's game changing fun. Ooh. Now please play responsibly. We welcome you now to Skateboard Vert. On the deck, it's the extreme one, Tristan Jaden, dropping in, and whoa, no way! Did he just frontside, backside that? He did, Brooks. He hit the front of that extreme cash instant game, flipped it, scratched the back, and this crowd is loving it. <laughs> We've seen extreme tricks before, Ryder, but I don't know how you top this. I really don't. Take your fun to the extreme with extreme cash games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the upper 70s. Winds out of the southwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Ronnie Martin. Did that hurt your ears? No, I'm, I'm good. Thank you, sir. Um, you know, we've been talking off of the air about um, what is you you can't please everybody. That's the biggest problem. I mean, you you really can't. Everybody has a certain way of life that they would like to live. Sure. And they all they've all earned it. I mean, uh, and, and when you select, um, you find that a lot of people that are moving into our community are from larger cities. Mm -hmm. And, of course, larger cities are, uh, th th that's an escape for them to come right. in here in, in Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. But we are growing at a fast pace, and, and of course, a lot of it is them moving in sure. here. Sure, yeah. And, and all those things, everything gets so complicated. Mm -hmm. But uh, just like I had told you when we were off the air, when I was growing up, uh, the jobs, most of them were in Davidson County, in mm -hmm. Nashville. Right. But even before metropolitan government. And a lot of people would ride the Greyhound buses, and I would catch one early in the morning and, and head out to, to Nashville uh, after I fed the animals. And then I would catch it on, uh, I would ride it on the way back and pretty much uh, take a nap before I got back to the farm. Right. And uh, it was. Um, it was special. I, I, I think that Nashville provided us the jobs, but we were able to escape the big city life and come back home and, and really enjoy the, the solitude, you might say, right. of, of having that. We're getting away from that now because yep. all the people are coming in from uh, counties all across the mid-state 
to come in and work in Murfreesboro, shop in Murfreesboro, right. and all of those things that um, um, we were not used to uh, being here. And you can see why I have a a little bit of a preference as far as not overgrowing and and losing, um, just like in uh, politics now. Right. I guarantee you that over 90% of the people who vote in this county don't know who they're voting for. <laughs> they don't have a clue. Just tell them to vote for Ronnie Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You're running for mayor, right? No, I didn't say oh, that. Oh, it was I, just a joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> but uh, a lot of the people that you deal with at the bank, very few of those people have a relationship with the uh, people who work in the bank itself. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, most of their uh, uh, friendships are built as they come in here with the uh, people in the real estate business and right. things like that. And, and it's, it, I, I guess they're just looking for a way to um, maybe get some type of relationship with the people that they come in. Back when we knew everybody, yeah, in in the county. Mm -hmm. Back when I was growing up, and and related to probably fifty percent of them, if if not more. And as as those things change, it changes you. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm not too sure I like to be changed, <laughs> but you, you would be unique if you did. <laughs> but but it, it it it's it's just something that. that uh, um, I would not want to be in your position. Right. I would not want to be making those decisions that uh, are going to have to adjust to all the things that are happening right now. You know, Truman, you, you while we were off the air, you were talking about, <clears throat> and I think this is, um, just in my opinion, I think this is where most people, um, I think, struggle with change. And you mm -hmm. were talking about, um, the best times that yeah. you and Jackie had uh, yeah. on the farm that you had. Yeah. And it's that point in time that you have in your mind about um, your life that was so good. And <clears throat> I think all of us have those times, you know, yeah. at different stages of our life. You know, I'm 46. Um, I can probably think about specific times in my life that were better and worse. Mm -hmm. When I get to be your age, 55, I'll have other times in my life that I'm looking at were better or worse. But mm -hmm. what we learn, and, and you know this, it's just hard for us to remember it all the time, is that um, you know our lives and our experiences are, are constantly changing and evolving. Yeah. And we push against that sometimes because we want to stay stagnant at this particular point because it's our favorite moment, right? Yeah. And we yeah. want to stay there. But what we know as— That's usually the people around you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But what we know, you know, as parents specifically is, you know, we we want to encourage our children to grow. We know they're going to grow. They change constantly um, for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's life as we go through that. And there are going to be some favorite moments and there are going to be some some, you know, moments that are not so favorite. Um, mm -hmm. And that's all part of the experience. I think when we think about our city, Part of what people struggle with in Murfreesboro is, and again, I think we've got some of this on the council, where, you know, I just want Murfreesboro to be the way it always was. And it's a little bit like what we were talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> when we knew everybody, uh, when you could get from one side of town to the other and it didn't take 45 minutes, you know, 45 minutes is ridiculous and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, uh, up, for example, a lot in the city to be... Uh, you know, a quarter acre lot or a half acre lot, uh, and I want 100 feet between me and my neighbor in the city. Well, I would just tell you we're beyond that. We we have outgrown that stage of our development as a city, and we are going to look more like a more large, a larger, more urban city as we grow. And some people may not want that, but it's it's akin. I would tell you it's akin to putting a, a book on your you know, 10-year-old or 5-year-old's head and saying, don't grow anymore. Stop mm -hmm. right here because you're just the way I like you. Don't change at all. Well, there's a lot of growth that uh, our city will continue to have. And I think 
by trying to restrict it, you might do more harm to it than you would trying to put in policies, whatever that may mean, um, in different council members, different leaderships' eyes. But what's going to happen when the people who work here, who have a fairly uh, a medium income all the way up to a very large income, and they decide, well, it's grown too much here, so I'll go live in Cannon County or one of these other counties, and I will commute to Murfreesboro, and then when you lose a lot of that uh, taxable income and everything like that, it becomes Detroit and some of those other. <laughs> Why does it got to be Detroit? <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's look at it like it is. I mean, uh, it's very hard for cities to to maintain yeah. those type of costs with everybody uh, that they're leaving your community. Sure. Because they 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 want to continue making that money. Right. And they're going to take keep. Uh, those spots where they're working, right. but they're going uh, to uh, travel over to these other counties and then build a, a nice home and everything like that and don't have to put up with all the the noise and everything going on into a major city. I think that's a great point. I have on my small team inside mm-hmm. of our team at Pinnacle, you know, 50% of my team commutes from another county yeah. to work in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And so um, I I think what we're saying is, to refer back to when you said I got on a Greyhound and Mm -hmm. and came to, you know, to the city Mm -hmm. to do whatever I was doing, um, Murfreesboro is just in a different stage of that growth than maybe Tullahoma or Shelbyville or Woodbury or or some of those other cities. Mm -hmm. And we, because of our growth, um, are creating opportunities for those communities to grow. And so I, I think um, we touched on this a little earlier. What can we do um, to make sure that Murfreesboro grows in a way that um, we're not creating more problems than we have to um, by not appropriately managing the growth to the best degree we can? Mm-hmm. Well. You know, can can those smaller cities that we just mentioned look at Murfreesboro as a place to say, here are some things we did well, Murfreesboro did well, and they could have done differently as we grow? I think they could. What cities do we need to be looking at as a 150,000-person city in a 350,000-person county? <clears throat> Where are we going to be 10 years from now and 20 years from now, and who can we, to the best of our ability, look at to say – hey, here's a pretty good model for what that may look like and what we need to be thinking about. And can we all get on the same page um, that, you know, we're going to move all the forces in this direction? That's challenging. Um, but but I think that would be wise for us to do. Um, we don't have to recreate the wheel in, in what we're doing. But I think the answer to that is when, when people get fed up with uh, our stage of growth as a community, will they leave? Well, sure. They may leave, um, but there are lots of people still coming, and that's evident on uh, in the sense that, you know, um, try to buy a house now for $250,000 in Murfreesboro, hard to find one. And if you're trying to buy it, there are 30 other people willing to buy it at the exact same time you're willing to buy it. So that's somewhat reflective of the demand there is to live here. And so, you know, we have to address that in the same way we have to address the fact that some may not want to be in Murfreesboro as we grow. But are we going to... Um, but we don't have to be Detroit either. Not that there's anything wrong with Detroit, but you, you said there's that. There's a lot wrong with Detroit, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you, and, and most of the other major cities. As people are forced into areas where there's a... A, a large population, mm-hmm. and they're on top of each other. Right, they're not as happy. The, it, it, there are too many problems that go along with it, and the affordability yep. of those type situations. It, it, it unless you're uh, up, or I guess maybe in the top ten percent of the 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 income people in, right. in those particular cities. It's very tough for, for everybody else. It, it's just not um, 
uh, you don't have that comfortable feeling when you're in those places. Well, look, I, I would not disagree with what you're saying. It can be challenging when you put a lot of people in a room. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would tell you, too. There are going to be some people in that room that uh, would never want to be in that room, would never be happy in that room, and would move to Tahiti rather than be in that room. Right. Oh, I'd go in Tahiti <laughs> right now. <laughs> but but you know this too, mm -hmm. as uh, as someone who has led Hello. people. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> has led people and organizations. Sometimes um, great things happen when you get a lot of people in a room and mm -hmm. they get to know each other, and barriers come down and walls come down, and it gets easier to be in the room with those people. But we got to choose to do that, and there will be some that will not choose to do that. Um, but a lot of times we kind of have to get out of our own way to realize that, you know, um, it, it's sometimes us, right? We, mm -hmm. we don't want to do that. And I can tell you, I, I would have never believed that I could move into, because I've lived in a subdivision my whole life yeah. um, and had neighbors who were 100 feet away from me at least uh, at all times. But today, uh, I've got a gentleman that we've got a rental house next to us in the downtown core. He lives on the, on the top floor of this place. And so when I come out of my backyard, going to my backyard, it's not unusual for him to be on his staircase looking over into my backyard. Well, I can tell you. So he'll be looking at you. Uh, swimming in the pool, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I can tell you as a subdivision person, mm -hmm. right, I would not have liked that. My immediate instinct would have been i got to build a wall up so he can't see into my space because mm -hmm. this is my space, nobody else's space. Yeah. But once you become, once you get in the room to kind of reflect back on what we were talking about and you, you realize you are a part of a community unless mm -hmm. you choose actively not to be, that um, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me the same way. And so if I go out and see Rick there, uh, you know, I wave at him, how are you doing? Good to see you. No different than I would if one of my neighbors was at a mailbox in a subdivision. It's just mm -hmm. not different. What has changed is I have changed. And, you know, I think that goes back to what we've been talking about is we get in these states of mind and we get in these um, modes where we say, hey, I want my life to stay exactly the way it is right now because it's never been better. Life just doesn't work that way. And uh, our growth as people, as human beings, is not that way. And our growth as a city is not going to be that way. We're going to have a city that was kind of like the movie <laughs> Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart looking out to all of his neighbors that are all jam-packed in there. And, and they're all smiling and waving. Oh, <laughs> killing each other and all those particular things. Uh, crime goes with um, areas that are very uh, jam-packed with people. Sure. It, it's, it's amazing how people will uh, migrate yep. to major cities not for the positive things, right. but for, for the negative things. Yeah. And all of those things cost an absolute fortune. And um, I have never been in, in a major city that I wanted to stay long. Hmm. I cannot wait to get out of those places. Wow. Because um, I, I can, in my business, I, I, I can relate to a lot of the things that these people we have had to put up with over the years. Well, and you've got such unique perspective because, you know, you probably see things and can anticipate things being in a place like that that most average people walking around were oblivious to. Yeah. You know? But it, it, I, I don't want to see my home. And right. Murfreesboro and Rutherford County is my home. Right. I don't want to see it erode into something that my family members in the future mm -hmm. will not feel comfortable with and not be happy with. And I can tell you, I don't think anybody wants to see that. I mean, if you yeah. think about... Um, uh, you, you remember, you, you, you mentioned uh, Joe B. Jackson's mm -hmm. name yep. earlier. And, and, of course, Joe B. was one of these special people. One thing I remember uh, in the political end was that we did not have a, a lot of exits off of the interstate. Right. 
And one of the reasons was that they didn't want all that traffic coming toward the downtown Murfreesboro sure. area. Yep. And uh, finally, the state was putting pressure on Murfreesboro to accept it and right. go ahead with the building process. And and that was one of the reasons they did not want Murfreesboro to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, since they've done that, of course, what ha- what happened is what they predicted would happen is the area has exploded. Right. And uh, I, I think maybe some of the younger people that have kind of grown up uh, into in that type of uh, uh, situation after the growth and all that, I, th- I think it's it's brought a lot of people in and 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 maybe enjoying all the restaurants and all the the shops that they can go to and 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 all of those particular things but if you notice a lot of them are not from here right they're they're from the area of course they're spending money over yeah. here and and we like it when they spend money yeah. <laughs> but they're to me the the negative side is so much more than the positive side but i am a uh, a long time uh, th- this is my home been my home ever since i was born but um, there has to be a time where you have to put a limit on everything w- when you start um, in, in some of the instances i was mentioning earlier if you start going into that particular uh, uh, feeling of this is not really my home anymore. Right. And then what I mentioned earlier, we're not always going to be able to afford all this growth. It's not going growth never pays for itself. And that and and that's a mathematical certainty. Yep. And, and as you grow and you're having to, to uh, spend money to make your uh, community a better place to live, it's it's going to go downward at, at some time. So so we have to use the tools at our disposal um, and the the awareness that we have that that growth doesn't pay for itself. Yeah. To do what we can do to try to mitigate um, you know those challenges as we see them. And so one of the things we're talking about, and we had a workshop meeting yesterday, um, is impact fees mm-hmm. um, on new development, residential, commercial, any. Any new growth mechanism in the city, um, we're looking at assessing a fee to say this is to help even the scale so that um, not that even with these impact fees, um, everything pays for itself, Mm -hmm. but to try to balance that ledger a little more um, rather than, you know, us being a situation like we were two years ago where we had to raise taxes um, significantly because... We had well, it hadn't been raised in a while either. Yeah, we we had you know kind of avoided the the medicine so to speak, and yeah. um, and that caught up with us, mm-hmm. um, and so we're very sensitive to not being in that situation again. But you know, um, I I think I, I'm in favor of impact fees. Um, we again we talked about this yesterday. Who does that go to? The cost. So it's interesting. It's been very educational. Um, you know, you think as an as an average person, well, you just pay a fee and that helps go into the budget and mm-hmm. means taxpayers don't have to pay as much. Well, it, it's really more complicated than that legally mm-hmm. because, uh, and, and again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm learning. But um, there is this precedent that if, if we say we're going to charge you an impact fee, mm-hmm. Say you're a builder, um, yeah. and we're going to charge you $2,000 to build a house. Um, just throwing a number out there. Um, then there are very specific restrictions on what we can do with that money and how it is to be used. Uh, we can't, um, you know, hire additional staff or um, things like that with it. I mean, it has to be used for what we're saying it's going mm-hmm. to use, be used for. And, you know, what I've learned through that process is, um, you know, we hire consultants to give us recommendations to show that we've done our due diligence about why we need these funds and that they are necessary and that, you know, growth doesn't pay for itself and all that sort of thing. But um, what has influenced, uh, what does influence those studies is, 
you know, we give consultants um, information and data points to say we want to provide this level of service, whether it be police, fire, parks and recreation, streets and roads, commute time. We give them data points, and we say this is what we want. And then they, they do their, their math, and then they come back and say this is the number based on the data points you've given us. Well, what could change is if we gave them different data points, then the fees might be different, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's part of what was eye-opening to me is that what we tell them we want has significant impact, which is logical, makes sense now that I've been through this process, mm -hmm. but you didn't know what questions to ask on the front end. And so, you know, part of what we have to figure out, we've talked a lot about schools. Um, the school business is a very expensive business because mm -hmm. you have to have very expensive buildings to educate people in, yeah. or at least we think we have to have very expensive buildings to educate people in. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about how happy we are in this pandemic and how things are working. None of us are. Well, will the pandemic um, catapult us forward in some sort of, um, you know, uh, paradigm shift related to education? Will we, will kids stay home? Will they learn at home? Oh, I hope not. So, I, and I'm, I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying what we've had to deal with has raised lots of questions, whether it be in educators' eyes, legislators' eyes, or parents' eyes, and even children's eyes. Mm -hmm. What preferences do they have about that? How does that impact, um, you know, how we move forward in the school system, how we pay for the school system? Um, should we be charging an impact fee that includes uh, schools uh, as a part of that? Should we be charging for fire and police? And then, you know, I'm not oblivious to what I'm saying. If, if listeners are listening, saying, man, this guy's going to charge us for everything. Well, what we're really talking about is trying to recapture the cost of growing as a city so that us as current taxpayers aren't footing the bill for the growth that goes on. We don't get stuck with the bill to pay for somebody else to be here. And so, it, you know, it's a balancing act. Um, I think, and this is from memory, Truman, I think our police department is um, about a $42 million line item, you know, for our community. Mm -hmm. um, when when you were talking about as you grow, you know, uh, does crime increase as you become more dense? It does. Um, I n n wouldn't dispute that. Yeah. But what you do see is that commitment to say, hey, it's the largest budgetary line item in our city. We're committed to making sure that this is a safe place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and look, we're never going to be perfect. No city's perfect. No, no person's perfect. But we're aware of how important it is to make sure that we have um, that, you know, community safety being a top priority. It has to be. Yeah. Um, and we fund it appropriately. So. Well, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I, I'm not sure that you can lasso the growth and pull it back. It, it's just not going to happen. And. I, I would love to see the growth move at, at, at a slower pace right. than, than what we're looking at. And, and I know there's a lot of real estate people and a lot of builders that uh, they depend upon that. And I think, does, this, does the city council have a, uh, any type of control over the particular um, way of um maybe we were talking about the uh, the towers uh, people um buying uh condos and in in these large buildings and everything and all the the people that are uh, moving into those areas mm -hmm. i i guess the younger people would probably have a a preference of, of those particular they like to be around a lot of people they like they like the the uh, the numbers you might say they right. they love the fun and all the, well, the things that go with P it pools everything's brand new nice people like those things what about, what about the uh, the church that that you guys were looking at as far as having almost uh, everything in it you don't even have to leave the building you, the site downtown yeah redevelop yeah. Yeah, so um, that that is the old Methodist Church site that uh, was temporarily Frank Mid South Franklin Energy Bank now owned by a developer. But um, 
you know, the original plan, and this has been probably over a year mm-hmm. um, because COVID uh, really had a negative impact on that developer being able to, like all business people, being able to move forward in their mm-hmm. business. But, you know, I think it, it was a hotel and office and retail. Um, there was a garage downtown that we would have some access to as a, as a community to be able to use. Um, and then it would be wrapped in um, residential condos that people could buy. There was some uh, connectivity between the hotel and those uh, residential units where um, there might be opportunities for people to, to lease those out, all kinds of things like that. So it was a really innovative, new, creative concept and, and, and I think was really a, a flagship type you know, program. Mm-hmm. So COVID hit. Financing for those projects was challenging. Um, they've kind of reshuffled the deck to see um, what that looks like. I have not seen um, the the most current rendering and proposal on that. Uh, I do know it's coming before our planning commission. Um, and so my hope is I've seen some timeline information that says by um, early summer there may be some activity uh, moving there. Um, but, um, you know, what I would say about that is anything that we can do to increase density in our core downtown to bring people downtown that, you know, want to buy a cup of coffee, uh, that, that want to eat lunch or breakfast there, that will use the, the local pharmacy on the square and, uh, the dry cleaners on the square and on and on and on and on and on. Um, you're only going to see tremendous synergy in the downtown start to develop. And, and look, you know, that's going to bring more challenges. I mean, um, we hadn't talked about this. Um, we probably don't have time to do it today. But one of the things we're really fighting now is some challenges uh, of homelessness and the impact that's having on the downtown core. And people that live, I'm going to call it, in the in the suburbs of Murfreesboro and the in subdivisions, mm-hmm. they don't have a great feel for what homelessness looks like um, downtown. They see somebody at an intersection uh, or at the interstate ramp with a sign, and you know make, you make pretty good money with a sign. Well, and that's what people don't understand. So we you know um, and again we we don't have time to get into all this mm-hmm. today, but um, the the humanity in us, um, you know the 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 good person in us says, oh, that's terrible, I have means, we have means, let's help. But a lot of times that's not what that's about. It's something else. Yep. And it's hard for us to wrap our hearts and minds around that. Uh, but, you know, I live downtown walk all the time, so I see lots that's going on. And in an effort, this is just Ronnie Martin's opinion, <clears throat> in an effort to try not to attract more homelessness by investing in services for homeless meaning we set up shop and say hey homelessness we're here to we'll treat you you know come on in move to murfreesboro we've got facilities come on in i think we didn't want to do that um and you know there's some nice places for homeless uh, over at Lytle Street and places like that, that would be... <laughs> They're going to have a new swimming pool. Oh, man. Yeah, brand Can new you pool. imagine? Yeah. I, uh, hey, look, I do what I can do and, and uh, will do my part. Uh, but I think part of that is we have to be very open and very honest on are we making a difference in people's lives or are we just doing something to make ourselves feel better and get them to the next day? And for some people getting feeling better and getting them to the next day is what it's about I, I have a much more longer vision of those types of things whether it be myself personally my family or others that i i help serve um if we're not going to make meaningful progress and help pe- change people change people's lives we need to examine what we're doing so hello <laughs> Tahiti, here you come. Tahiti, here I'm on my way. Sounds pretty good, Truman. Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, sir. I always enjoy you, Yes, sir. Had a good time. Uh, We learn a lot, but we have fun, too. Always a great time. Thank you for letting me be here. That's special. All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.